Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. Larson battling on the half wall. The puck pops loose. McDavid's got an empty net. Trades the puck with Raddy. Shoots and scores. Ty Raddy's second of the game seals the deal. The Oilers win on the road against the Florida Panthers again. They have won their last nine at Florida. Ty Raddy had an earlier goal credited to him and then taken away. So that actually turns out to be his first of the game and first as an Edmonton Oiler. It seals the deal 4-2 Edmonton beating the Panthers. Good afternoon. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 3:02, along with our inside the game analyst Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Another big night for Connor McDavid. He gets three points, a goal and two assists. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores shorthanded and gets an assist. And Ty Raddy called up from the farm just his third game this season. He jumps right in there with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid and he contributes with a goal and an assist. And I'm going to start here with you, Rob. We have a lot to talk about today, folks, and you can call 780-496-0063. There were some incredible saves. There were some goal mouth scrambles. There's penalty killing to talk about, but Rob Brown is most excited about Ty Raddy's assist <laughs> and, how, and what he did. Uh, the the one where he... Which one was that? The, the shot from the bad angle. Oh, well, yeah. Because you're always thrilled with those. Well, no, I, I, I like it because... Well, if you ever go to a, if there's goalies out there, if you ever listen to a goalie talk about how the goaltender is supposed to uh, square up to the shooter, so he's always squared, so his, his body is step right in front, the puck comes in, he swallows it up, or if he's squared up now, he can push the puck either way for rebounds. But when you shoot from an angle, the goalie can never look at the puck. Because if you're shooting from the side, he's hugging the, the post, and really he's just covering space. Wherever the puck hits and the puck decides where it wants to go. So when you shoot a puck from a bad angle, it's going to bounce into different directions. The goalie doesn't know where it's going. The defender, the defenseman in front of that, he doesn't know where it's going. So now as an offensive player, you're coming in. You get to see it. You're going to have the first crack at it. Always shoot from a bad angle. A coach will never, ever tell you don't shoot. Most of them will encourage it, and shooting from a bad angle is a good scoring chance. You might not score on it, but you're going to create a scoring chance right afterwards. And that's what happened. McDavid got the loose puck, whipped one past Luongo. That was 38 seconds into the third period. That tied it 2-2. Larson's centering pass went in off Luongo's stick at 6-13, and then Raddy got the empty netter. So that's the Oilers' third period rally. They become the first team this season to beat the Panthers when trailing after two, Florida had been 23-0 and in closing out 40-minute leads. So that's a bit of a surprise there that Edmonton's able to do that to a team in the midst of a playoff race. Costly loss for the Panthers. We'll talk about that as we move along tonight. 
Rob, we got to bring up the penalty killing. It's, I mean, what a transition it's been. They go six for six today, and certainly some of the penalties could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. We didn't like the the choices the Oilers made on a couple of them. But the penalty killing goes six for six. Last 15 games, it is 42 for 45. 42 for 45 over the last 15 games. That's 93.3%. Well, there's, there's a bunch of reasons. One... A lot of the times, and you and you even pointed it out during the game, Leon Dreisaitl's taking a lot of the face-offs in his own end. And tonight, again, he was at almost 70% taking draws. So they're winning draws, which allows you to shoot the puck down quickly. Ryan Nugent Hopkins talked at the end of the game, they're very aggressive. And when you're aggressive and everybody is in sync with each other, it's really hard to defend. Or excuse me, it's really hard to score because you're, they're coming at you so fast. And once you make that Someone else jumps into the right position. They make a pass. Someone else jumps in the right position, and you frustrate the the, the offensive players. The the other one right now is they're getting breaks. They're getting bounces, and probably the last reason and the biggest one is they're getting saves. Early in the season, penalty killing. Uh, Cam Talbot would would be the first to admit he he didn't have a great start to the year. Well, he's been having a great run right now, and I think that's coinciding with with the fact that the penalty killing has been as successful as it has. And tonight, I mean, McDavid has three points, and and Ty Raddy had a great game, but the penalty killing is the difference in tonight's game. That's why the Oilers won. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Talbot, an excellent night as well. I, I don't know if he'll be happy with the two goals that went in, but it was only two. You keep it to two, you got a chance, and he winds up with 40 saves tonight. And important, because the Oilers were, I mean, they were outplayed more often than they outplayed the Panthers tonight. Uh, they had a great third period, but uh, Talbot overall did what he had to do. He did. Uh, you know, the first goal, the one where was a breakaway, he, he came out. I, I think he just misjudged at how fast the puck was coming down. It might have hit his snow build up and slowed down. Normally, goal Goaltenders are pretty good when they're uh, assessing if they can beat a guy to a, in a race to a puck. He's not going to like that. And the other one was not a great goal against either, but he made big saves when he needed to. He didn't allow Florida to extend the lead, to, to, to pump it up into a two-goal lead, which would have been much harder to come back from. He's on a nice little run right now, and he's given this team a chance to win each and every night. And if the this is what we're, we saw a lot last year. The Oilers would not have a great first part of the game but their goalie, Talbot, would keep them in it. They get to the third period, they, they'd get a quick goal, or they'd get a power play, and they'd score a goal, they'd tie it, and then they'd win it late. And that's what we saw tonight. They, they, kept, they kept at it. They didn't get down on themselves. We didn't see the, the sag on the bench when you know the second goal goes in. And they just kept pushing. The goaltender made the saves in the third period. Their best players took over. I mean... This was marked as a game between you know Connor McDavid and this young emerging superstar in Barkov in Florida, and he's having a great year. And his line has been on fire as of late. The McDavid line was plus three. The Barkov line was minus three. They went head to head, and the better line won tonight, and that's why they you know come away with two points. So the Oilers take it four two for the season now thirty one thirty five and five. The Panthers go to thirty five twenty seven and seven. Rob and I are keeping an eye on the U of A Saskatchewan semifinal, and it's been a frustrating one for the Alberta Golden Bears. They trail 2-0 early in the third period. But from watching the game with half an eye here, 
it wasn't a very energetic first period for the Bears. They dominated the second period. The Huskies already looked like they were in prevent mode in the second period, but they got a late power play goal. So 2 nothing three minutes into the third for Saskatchewan. Yeah, and whichever team wins this, I think, has a, a big advantage going into the final. Because, I mean, the, the first semifinal we saw today, was it was nasty and mean and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a suspension going uh, to the team that's going to the finals UND or UNB, UNB. so uh, this this is a I mean UFA needs a goal they need one quick to t- turn in the tide here maybe break the bubble of the Huskies CNFX winning 5-4 in overtime against UNB earlier thrilling game uh, both teams coming from behind in the third period from a goal down at different points all right Oilers win 4-2 over the Panthers we'll get to Ty Ratty in a second right now at 780-496-0063 we have our buddy Logan on the line hey Logan go ahead hey Reid um it was a good road game for the Oilers all the Lions had their chances nice to see that had solid third period you guys agree with that Reid uh, yeah, it was it was a good game for the Oilers. Uh, I mean, they weathered a storm, and then when they got it into high drive, the the Panthers couldn't handle them in the third period. So it was I mean it was led by the McDavid line. A kid, Ty Ratty, had an opportunity today to play on the big line, and and, and excelled at it. So I think you're going to see uh, him play there and get another opportunity tomorrow. Someone needs to grasp. The, his his opportunity and Roddy's been the first of a number of guys that has grasped it very quickly and we'll see if he can continue and have a little consistency there. All right, let's go back to Florida and here is Ty Roddy. Thanks for first as an Oiler. Um, you know what were your thoughts on your game tonight? Uh, felt good. Obviously, when uh, you're on the line that I was on, um, you get a little boost, and you want to you want to play at their level and help them out as much as you can. And um, appreciate the confidence coaches gave me, and I felt good tonight. Big win. The third period. That's where you guys made your money tonight. Just what changed in your game? Yeah, I think we kind of just warmed down. I think we took a couple penalties in the second there, and, and uh, PK did a heck of a job. And third, we kind of took over there, and Tom's made some big saves, and that's a big road win. So that's Ty Ratty. Pontus Aberg did not play today, missed practice yesterday, and uh, we don't know what happened there. Todd didn't indicate that that he's hurt. They've been trying a lot of different combinations with McDavid. Now, last year, Maroon, Dreisaitl, and McDavid were together almost all the time, and they were one of the best lines in the league, mm-hmm. if not the best lines. Maroon wasn't having the same type of season. Dreisaitl's been sometimes with McDavid, sometimes centering his own line. Nugent Hopkins has grabbed the opportunity. I mean, you put two high-end smart guys together, whether it's Leon and Connor or Nugent Hopkins and Connor, they're going to get points. They've been searching for a third guy. Now, let's not by any stretch of the imagination suggest that now they they have a solution, but you can only judge what you saw. And uh, so far, so good from Raddy. What was it about him that allowed him to fit in today? Well, I, I think for one, it's the... His, his knowledge of the game and, and his thought process, yeah, he, he was an offensive player through junior. Now, sometimes highly offensive players in junior taking the next step, it's not always there, whether it be the foot speed's not as good, the, the shot's not as strong, the, 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 the physicals of the size, he's not there, but he can still think the game. And when you play with Connor McDavid or you play with any highly offensive star in the National Hockey League, you've got to be able to know where to go in the offensive zone, when to get open, when to move the puck, when to get uh, bring the puck back, when not to pass, when to pass, when to shoot, all these things. And some players get overwhelmed by it. Some players can't think the game 
uh, that fast. Uh, but he, he has the ability that we saw in the game tonight to grasp it. He knew when to put himself in the right position. He knew when to get the puck to McDavid and then jump into another spot. So, it, it, again, consistency, I think, would be the biggest thing that Ty Reddy has yet to show at the National Hockey League level. And uh, it's only one game. But it was one game that earned him a second shot. And so far, we haven't seen a whole lot of guys that have earned that second shot. That's a very good point. Oilers win 4-2 over the Panthers. That means a $100 donation courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They give $25 every time the Oilers score. You can track the total on 630ched.com. It's now up to $4,950. We're looking for someone to finish the play as well as your thoughts on the game at 780-496-0063. In the meantime, let's once again go back to Sunrise. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. It kind of helped spark this team because you ended up with more shots in the third than you did in the first two periods and just kind of took it away from there. Well, getting one at any point in the third was going to be essential. So the earlier we could get it, we could uh, gain a little bit of momentum. Um, you know, Not having a lot of shots after two periods was a byproduct of how well they checked, but also how often we went to the penalty box. We never gained any momentum offensively. We had to kill and kill, and then uh, it usually takes you 30 seconds to a minute to recover from the penalty kill and get your lines all organized again. So I didn't think we gave ourselves a chance early in the game, uh, yet the kill did a phenomenal job cam was excellent on it and um it was probably the difference tonight what did you think about tyratty's game tonight i thought ty played a tremendous game he took advantage of the opportunity that was presented to him and uh, he played with two really good players that who also had good games that line was a, a force um, not only because they scored goals but the line that they played against has been uh, a dominant line in the league for for quite a chunk of time this season and uh barkov is as good as they come and um, you know to to outscore and out chance not necessarily out chance but to outscore and um, and beat that line was a, a tough feat and they did it I think in a couple of games against Florida the power plays were 10 to 1 or something is that style that, that, that results in that or what do you think I don't have the answer yeah probably got to ask somebody else no, you, I don't know if they do anything after so no I, I don't know you guys, lately you've been putting together some pretty decent games. What sort of clicking has or is just uh, improving slightly in the last little stretch? Well, special teams have been better. We've won games uh, on the power play. Uh, the penalty kill again tonight is is evident. Um, I think Telbs has settled in, and um, I've used the word he's a calming influence. And um, he, again tonight he was that. When we got jumping around in our end or out of position, he was able to make some... Uh, <clears throat> some tremendous saves and, and get us whistles when we needed them to get fresh guys on the ice. Um, you know, a little bit of the pride factor too. We were all uh, really disappointed with where we are in the season, but we're not going to roll over and play dead. We plan on playing hard and uh, trying to get better, moving the needle in the right direction. And I, I think we've done that. We haven't won all the time, but we have done that on most nights. How much line up tomorrow? Oh, you're asking me way too soon. So I got to get an injury update and figure everything out. How much respect does Jujar Kara just continue to get from his teammates for the, not only the way he plays, but then stepping up like he did tonight? A lot. A lot. Um, you know, and most of it is, is because of how he plays, but it's also because of what a good teammate he is. He stepped in real quick and and uh, took care of a teammate and showed everybody else that he cares. So, uh, But I'm, I've been so impressed with his ability to uh, to manage situations on the ice and, and uh, not only check, but provide offense. So he's, he's really come a long way as a player. 
That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, Edmonton winning 4-2 in Florida. So the final comment there about Jujar Kara, and it's been a disappointing year, as we've talked about a lot for a lot of guys. It started that way for Jujar Kara. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got a new contract in the summer, played a bit at the beginning, and, you know, wasn't doing a lot of the little things, came out of the lineup for a pretty healthy stretch of games, think probably uh, learned some lessons and, and uh, took some advice. And now you see him contributing in a lot of different ways. He's got a decent shot, you know, where hopefully he can help offensively as a bottom six player. Penalty killing, he's helped. And look, we know it's not a, anywhere near the, the, the fighting that there, that there used to be in the NHL, but it is still there. And he's shown that he's willing to do that too. Well, you, you got to give got to give a lot of credit to to Jujar. Early in the year, it didn't start out the way he wanted, uh, and, and as you said, he was in the press box. It wasn't for just a night to to take a breather. He was up there for a while, and a lot of negative things were said in the press. There, a lot of negative things written about him. You know, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe he's not ready for it. But he didn't sulk. He didn't pout. And and I've seen many players do that. Guys get down, go down the minors, and and they quit, or the guys sit in the press box and it, they blame everyone else. He came back and played better. He, he learned what he was doing was not good enough. He watched video. He found out what he needed to do better. And when he came in, he became a much different player, a much more assertive player. So uh, there was an opportunity for him this year. And when you have an opportunity, you've got to seize it and you've got to take, take control of it. He didn't at first, and he had to bide his time again and wait. And when he got that next opportunity, he didn't make the same mistakes. And since then, I would say probably he has been your most consistent player outside of McDavid on the season. I mean, he in his role, he knows what his role is, he knows what he's supposed to do, and he's done it each and every night. And the uh, the, the fighting element, I, it's, this isn't a fighting league anymore, but it's all this is a league, though, you have to stand up for your, your teammates. Right. And you be team tough. And when one of your teammates has been taken advantage of, you've got to be there for him. And uh, of all the players on the team this year, he's been the best at that. Yeah. And, and, and Rob, you, you'll know how that works. You'll be able to explain it better. Cassian got drilled, and usually Cassian can stand up for himself, mm-hmm. but Haley hit him pretty hard. Cassian missed the rest of the period. Haley actually got a interference penalty, so yep. it, wasn't, it wasn't a legal hit. And Jujar goes in there against a guy who has 10 times the experience yeah. fighting in the NHL. I mean, that was, that was the 21st fight this season for Haley. Which I mean, is more than most teams. 20, the Oilers have 26 as, yeah. as a team. Yep. So he's stepping in there. Now, what, if, what effect is that? Does that make the bench feel stronger, or does that make... In the second period, you know maybe Jujar loses a puck battle, and Zach Cassian or Drake Kajula says, "I got, you know, I, I got you know, to make sure I make this check now to help." But like, how does it work on the mentality of a team? Well, the first mentality, as soon as Cassian goes down, there's uh, the whole group is, you know, like what, what's going to happen here? And, and when one of the players steps up. Now the whole group just swells as a group. You got someone standing up for his teammate, and now, you, and then when he goes against someone, it's tough. As as he is, Haley is. You're like, okay, now not only did he fight one of the toughest in the National Hockey League, a guy whose whose purpose in the National Hockey League is to fight, he did well against him. So now, I mean, the the swelling on the bench, you're now even more confident as a bench, and and you've it's not it's not a goal on the scoreboard. But it's a tick in your column in the game. This is something that we have won tonight already. And as the game goes on, uh, as Todd said, the respect factor for him. And I don't know if you, as a player, do more for Jujar to back him up. But you certainly play a little bigger as a player, knowing that someone like that's got your back. It's like when someone lays lays the body down to to, to block a shot, knowing that it's going to hurt. 
and you're on the bench like, you know, that's what we need. We need more of that. And it makes other players want to go out and get outside their comfort zone and do the right thing. Oilers win 4-2. Jujar Kerr is the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Golden Bears on the board. Luke Philp with a power play goal in the third. About 12 and a half minutes left. They still trail the Saskatchewan Huskies 2-1 territorially. This is a siege by the Golden Bears. I haven't seen the Huskies forecheck in a while, but they are collapsing. Like if the Bears are taking a shot, you don't just have to beat the goalie. You got to beat about four Huskies to get that puck through. Yeah, the the, the Huskies now are trying to win this game two one. Right. <laughs> they're they're not trying or to extend the lead. They're trying to win two one. And I mean that's when you have a lead, you're able to do that. The problem is when you're staying your end the whole time. If if U of A ties it up, it's really hard restarting the motor. So uh, Saskatchewan must hope. Oh, must hope that their goaltender continues to make saves like he just Maybe did. A breakaway, for a the breakaway, Bears. Yeah. yeah. And he's not happy. A good opportunity. What they're also finding is they're finding a Saskatchewan goaltender who's gaining confidence. Yeah, this isn't Jordan Cook, the kid from Leduc. This is Brandon Cozen. Uh, Cook tore his ACL in the first playoff game, so this is a guy who hardly played except getting in there in the playoffs, and he's having a, the game of the his best game of the season, I'm sure. So. Uh, Bears keep pushing, though, still over half a period to try to tie it up. Oilers win 4-2 over the Panthers. Dave is going to finish the play when we get back. You'll hear from Cam Talbot, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Ekblad settles it down. Risks it toward the net. Soccer to side by Larson. Now we're at 10 seconds of the power play. One-timer Ekblad. Save made by Talbot. Rebound in the slot. And Ekblad with a great play. Kind of a sprawling left skate save to keep it in. But then Matheson mishandled it. And that'll do it for another Florida power play. The Florida Panthers had 42 shots this afternoon. 11 of them over their six power plays. Cam Talbot stopped all 11 of those power play chances, made 40 saves overall. That was a save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership, now carrying motorhomes. And Talbot clearly has refound his game the last dozen games or so. I mean, we were talking earlier in the season about uh, shots beating him up high from bad angles. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Yes, he lost a race to a puck today, kind of a funny one. But in the end, he out-goaltended uh, out one of the best in the NHL from over the past 10 or 12 years. Yeah, in a game where there were a lot of, you know, big saves, highlight reel saves, there were some bad goals in this game. Luongo let a couple in, uh, a couple terrible goals in himself. Uh, the Nugent Hopkins one was bad. The Larson goal was bad. Yet both goaltenders made big saves. Talbot's been good. And, and this is what we saw at him, him last year. He keeps the game within reach. If the Oilers have a slow start, he makes that big save when he needs to make a big save. And again, I know that there was so much criticism early in the season against the penalty killing, especially on home ice. Well, the penalty killing was part of the problem the way they were doing it, but also they weren't getting saves. They're certainly getting saves now. Now the penalty killing is winning games for them. Now their goaltender is winning games for them. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Dave on the line. Dave, thanks a lot for calling. No problem, boys. Do you have a uh, comment or a question, or you just want to finish the play? Um, i got a comment first. Sure. Uh, I've called in before, like 
quite a while ago complaining about Taylor Hall not playing the body, and Rob set me straight on that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, been an Oiler fan from day one, you know, grew up with the Gretzky error, all that. No, I'm just happy to see the compete level coming back with the guys, you know, like George LaRock commented on, and I think they were in Phoenix, telling Gene, the boys need heart transplants. Thought that was pretty awesome. But no, really happy for Jujar Kara. I like that guy. Uh, I was in the game back in November in Brooklyn, and Slepeshoff was standing right beside me on the subway on the after the game. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I told him he should be playing, I, and I like his game too. I hope the Oilers, you know, don't give up on him either. But yeah, bottom line, big fan, always have been, and just it's nice to see them compete and, you know, bring energy night in, night out. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, Dave, we're going to finish the play. We want to give you a parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Jet Set Parking Park, cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Don't forget to enter the promo code CHED. Here we go. Big hit. Haley absolutely crushed Zach Cassian. He knows he's going to have to fight, and he will right away. Well, here's an easy one for you, Dave. Who did he fight? Who came in and fought for the Oilers? Jujar Kara. Absolutely. Stay on the line. Patrick will take the well, He couldn't have planned that any better, Rob. That was pretty good. Pretty good. And and, and a good fight, too, by Jujar. He's, uh, he's becoming noticed around the National Hockey League now. Oilers take it 4-2. Ty Ratty gets a goal and an assist. First point and then his first goal as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, a goal and two assists. So two of the top scorers in the NHL will go head-to-head tomorrow when the Oilers take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov for uh, the Lightning still has to play today. He uh, has 91 points. McDavid up to 89. Malkin also with... 89. So it's going to be fun tomorrow. And McDavid obviously still with a very good chance to get to 100. Well, and players notice when they're playing against certain players, certain teams. I would imagine Kucherov's going to want to have a big game tomorrow against Connor McDavid, just as Connor McDavid's going to want to have one as well, going against the top scorer in the National Hockey League. This is the Art Ross is Connor McDavid's trophy right now. He's a defending champion. He doesn't want to give it up. And Kucherov right now is the guy with the best opportunity to unseat him. So it should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Or excuse me, tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon. It starts at 3. We're going to sign on at 1.30. More time for your calls here to uh, 780-496-0063. We want to get the Camp Talbot interview in, in as well. He was excellent today. Man, uh, the Golden Bears had a power play with 10 minutes left. Couldn't tie it. Now they're on another one. Huskies doing everything in their power to give the Bears chances here. This is here. the third straight power play that U of A has yeah, had. Well, and just all, on yeah, and all just dumb penalties by Saskatchewan. It, yeah, you don't do this. And we talked about it in the earlier semifinal. You you got to understand the time of the game. You're, you're one goal, or you're one, what, eight minutes away from going to the national championship, and you take dumb penalty after dumb penalty against a very talented power play of U of A has. All right, 3.30 news, Oilers win 4-2. We're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. A lunging, brilliant save by Roberto Luongo, who now holds his ground. Short side and a save made on Ty Ratty. Rebound, McDavid shoots it, scores through a screen. And this game is tied at two. 
That started the comeback. Connor McDavid's 34th of the season, 38 seconds into the third period, pulled the Oilers even. Adam Larson scored at 6-13. Ty Ratty scored into an empty net at 19-10. So the Oilers take down Florida 4-2. They have won nine straight road games against the Panthers. They go 6-for-6 on the penalty kill, 0-for-1 on their own power play. That's been another story that the Oilers uh, have the fewest power plays in the entire NHL this season. But the PK coming around, Camp Talbot makes 40 saves, three points for McDavid, two points for Raddy, two points for Nugent Hopkins. We haven't even talked about him. He gets a goal and an assist, hits 20 goals for the second time in his career. Yeah, he, he's playing well. He's getting his opportunity. A lot of people wanted to see what R&H could do with Connor McDavid. Uh, we, you and I have talked a lot about some of the, the needs of the Oilers in the offseason. We've talked about they need goal-scoring wingers. And the fans have talked and the media have talked about the fact, well, let's see if R&H is a, is a guy that can play there. So before we start moving R&H out to bring in a goal-scoring winger, let's see if he can do the job just as well. And so far, so good. He, he sees the game like Connor does. He gets in the right spots. He, he's put up the points, and he's also had a couple of great opportunities that have had big saves against him. Uh, he looks comfortable when, when with playing with Connor, and, and he talks about the fact that he's still getting used to it. It's, it's a completely different game. He's never played with anyone as fast as, as Connor McDavid. Not only who skates as fast, but thinks as fast. And normally, when Iron H is running his own line, he's the guy that's got the puck on a stick most of the time, creating for others. Now he's got a guy that can create for him. So Iron H was, was excellent tonight. And the one thing that uh, he really helps out with when playing with Connor McDavid it is in his own end. Because R&H is very dependable down low, and that allows not for Connor to cheat, but for Connor to be a little more creative on where he is defensively, because he doesn't have to spend all the time down low. And the Bears have tied it on a power play with 4:43 left. Shot from the point, looked like it was saved, flipped up in the air, and landed over the goal line. The Bears are two for four on the power play in the third period. Now maybe we're homers, Rob, because we want Alberta to win, but. These these penalties haven't been debatable. I mean, that was well, a blatant trip to well, set the Bears up on this. But one. it was a dumb penalty to take too, because the guy had, the was glove. well, he was going. The guy was going behind the net, so it wasn't even a scoring chance, and he did it. And the last time this goaltender made a big save, he was a little kind of talk. He was gaining confidence. He was a little cocky afterwards. Little flip of his glove. Usually that comes back to bite you. And the little flip of the glove after he made a big save. Now it was the glove hand of his own where he thought he caught the puck and he didn't. It bounced over top of him and went in the net. The Saskatchewan's in trouble now. They've been, they've been sitting back for the last 30 minutes of this hockey game. It's going to be hard for them to push forward. Taryn Kozen, the goaltender for the Saskatchewan Huskies. Zach Zachenko, the goaltender today for the U of A Golden Bears. So another tense semifinal here, 2-2 Golden Bears and Huskies. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's our look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals Out of Town scoreboard in the National Hockey League. Buffalo knocking off Chicago 5-3. Late in the second period, the Devils lead the Kings 2-0. That's a big game for both those teams. And the New Jersey Devils, a big thank you to the Edmonton Oilers this afternoon because Florida came in three points behind the Devils. They don't uh, get anything today, and now the Devils with a chance to extend. Yeah, when you're fighting for a playoff spot, there's games you must win. Home games against non-playoff teams are a must, and tonight the Florida Panthers, especially with a lead going into the third period, wasted a, a, a huge opportunity to, to, to move up in the standings. And 
at the end of the year when you start looking over at points that you lost, a home game lost to the Edmonton Oilers late in the season is one you're going to be regretting. All right, so 4-2, the Oilers knock off the Panthers. Adam Larson winds up getting credit for the game winner. Good for Adam. First goal in 28 games that he has played. Obviously, unfortunately, he missed some games because his father passed, so first goal since then. And Rob, you were pointing off off the stat sheet. He played a a ton and uh, got his name on the score sheet in other areas as well. Yeah, he he had a strong game. He he scored a goal, which is something that is a bonus when, when, when Adam Larson scores. He's plus three on the night. He plays 26 minutes which is, oof. I mean, Darnell Nurse was close, and then the next guy's about five, six minutes behind him. He had five hits on the game, a couple couple shots, a couple block shots, a takeaway. He was all over the sheet and needed. When a guy like Russell is out of the lineup, a guy that eats up minutes, who, who especially when it gets into the penalty-killing type situations, you need someone to stand up. And the Oilers being shorthanded as much as they were today really lead on the, the leadership and the veteranship of Larson, and he delivered. So what happens tomorrow if Russell is healthy? Do you or, or do you maybe give him another day off? I mean, we don't know if he's going to be ready to play. My guess is, I mean, I mean, an educated guess. It's his hand from a block shot. Right. So, I, I mean, here's the the problem. The player, if the player has any opportunity to play, he's going to, and he's going to tell the coach whatever it takes to play. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you do. It's tough. I mean, I mean Bear prob- did fine again. Bear, Bear did fine, but is it Bear that comes out? And that's the thing. I don't know if it's Bear that comes out of the line. I wouldn't take him out of my lineup. Although tonight a little tougher. He only played 60 minutes. He was minus two. But then when you start thinking about it, I don't remember him being at fault on the goals against. Uh, I bet you they give Russell maybe one more day to rest it and heal up a little bit better. So when he comes back, it's, it's not as uh, a hand injury hurts especially when you're holding the stick the entire game. Oilers beat the Panthers 4-2, We have Sheldon on the line. Sheldon, thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Good. Hey, I just want to plug um, the ACAC finals going on tonight at the downtown arena. It's uh, McEwen Griffin to get some eight hooks. It's game two. McEwen could win the championship for the second time tonight. And that's best out of three, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Was it last year they went to Game 3 overtime and somebody won on a power play, or was that the year before? No, that was last year, yeah. Okay. Crazy game, yeah. Yeah, and are you a coach or a parent or what? No, I'm a parent. Okay, cool. What time is it again? 6 o'clock, downtown arena. Downtown arena, okay. Appreciate it, Sheldon. Yeah, that's pretty good yeah, hockey, thanks, too. Man. Thanks, man. Okay, bye. alright Oilers win 4-2. Needed another empty netter for the Japanese Village Goal Light. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. And I said, Rob, when the Oilers got the empty netter with 49 seconds left, this is not over. You did say that a couple because times. I, like, I was surprised that... The Drew and Kevin and even you were like, oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. Do you remember LA and Anaheim? Let's let's settle down here. I'd say that's probably yeah, not going to happen law of again. Just suggest, but. suggest. Um, but then again, I mean, it's a little surprising too. Florida didn't pull their goalie again after that, and I know the odds are not great, but the Florida Panthers are in desperation mode. They needed a point today, and I know that there's only 50 seconds or 48 seconds, whatever it was left in the hockey game, when they gave up the empty netter, but. What's, who cares if you lose 5-2, 6-2, I mean, there's no difference. You need points. So, I mean, I would have pulled my goalie, probably would have pulled him right off the, the face-off and tried some sort of play from center ice because they were desperate for points in today's game. 
We have Alan on the open line as well. Alan, thank you for calling. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I love your show, first of all. Just wanted to say that to you guys there. Uh, just a question for you. What do you think for the next year for the Oilers? What, what do you anticipate? You know, uh, What do you think is going to change, uh, and what do you think they need to change, and how are they going to regroup again and, 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 and become a, you know, hopefully become a Stanley Cup contender? Well, that's a, good, that's a good question because I, I don't think they're going to tear the team apart. Uh, you know, I certainly hope they keep Nugent Hopkins and and give him a chance. You know, whether it's he or Drysaitel playing with the line, I, I think. I mean, I think they they have centers which they haven't had in a long time. I think their defense is okay. I think there'll be some hoping that Clefbaum and Secker bounce back. I I think they're going to try and round out the roster, hopefully with a winger or two that can shoot the puck. I think they'll hope either Yamamoto or Puliyarvi can be one of those guys, and then maybe they'll have to try to add another winger. You know, I don't know if you go after Michael Grabner or somebody like that in free agency, but but they 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 need a little more finish up front. As much as they've had some games they've been blown out in, Rob, they've had a lot of games where they've had a lot of almosts, and you lose by a goal or two, and you're thinking, what if they could have swung it earlier in the game with a goal? Yeah, they'll look for some speed. They got some decisions to make. Is does Shlepeshev come back? Yep. Um, Strom, uh, I mean, you're going to qualify him. Is is he your answer as your number three center? Are, are you going to go with Nugent Hopkins as a winger, or are you going to find someone else that that is more of a natural fit? Uh, Peter Shirelli has some uh, some questions that he's got to figure out and answer for this team, and uh, I don't know which way they go. I do know they need to get faster. That that's simple. They have to be a faster hockey club because this National Hockey League now is going in that direction. The fast hockey teams are. are are the ones that are winning. And what you do is you go around the National Hockey League and see which teams are having success. Why are they having success? And is there a way that we can become more like them in a short time? And because in reality, there's nothing, nothing coming up from the farm that's going to help them right now. If they're going to do it, it's either with what they have on their roster here or they got to find something through free agency or trade come summertime. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Alan, and, and you've probably been through this as a fan yourself. I mean, people want change. The two biggest chips the Oilers have in a trade to make change are Nugent Hopkins and Clefbaum. And, you, and when you bring up those two guys' names, most fans say, no, 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 I didn't mean those two guys. I, I mean other guys. I don't know if that's the boat you're in or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, appreciate your call, Alan. 780-496-0063. Bears and Huskies overtime coming up. And what they do here in the University Cup for the semifinal is there's a quick break, no flood, and then they'll play a 10-minute overtime period. So we'll be able to update you at least until the top of the hour. The Oilers win 4-2 in Florida. Three points for McDavid. Raddy gets a goal and an assist. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Drysaddle makes a steal on Trocheck and will lead a two-on-two right to left. Over the line. Drysaddle drop pass. Nugent Hopkins fires. Scores! And Edmonton's got its 10th shorthanded goal of the season. Nugent Hopkins' 20th goal of the year. That tied at 1-1 in the second period. The Oilers trailed 2-1 going to the third, but they win 4-2. First time this season the Panthers have lost when leading after two. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. We also have a winner for face-off trivia. It was Garrett. He knew that Derek McKenzie played with Rob Brown on the Chicago Wolves in 01 and 03. So he gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, courtesy Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at Armor Insurance. We have Dan on line two. Dan, thanks a lot for calling. 
Hi, Reed and Ruff. How are you today? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, i got uh, two questions, and then I'll hang up and listen. Uh, first one, uh, because I'm not familiar with the CBA or anything, is there a way that uh, that uh, Peter Shirelli could uh, trade Milan Lucic? Yes. And with no trade clause. Uh, is there, is there no. a penalty for that? Or? No, you, you can't. You just simply can't. You, you can't. You can't Milan trade. would have to waive it. And he's not. I mean, yeah. No, he... There's no way you can do it. That's why they put it in. And uh, guys earn their right through what they've done in the past to ask for that in a in a contract. Uh, it does come back and haunt teams from time to time. But that was one of the things that uh, Milan Lucic certainly wanted going forward in his new contract. So yeah, no, the, the, he they, he can't do it. Peter Shirelli can't do anything unless Milan Lucic says, okay, yeah, you can trade me. Dan, sorry for yelling in the middle of your call. Uh, Trevor Cox just scored in overtime. Bears beat the Huskies 3-2. What's your other question? Uh, second one, we're talking about what Peter Shirelli needs to do in the offseason. Just wondering if, if we should be looking at uh, getting a, a, a number 1A backup goaltender to uh, kind of help along and maybe push Talbot a little bit more. What do you guys think? That's a great question. Uh, those guys are, like those second-tier guys are, are harder to find because there's not that many. I mean, Carter, Harton, uh, Carter Hutton is a great example mm-hmm. for St. Louis. So Montoya has another year on his contract. He has something Brassois didn't have, and that's experience. So yeah, I don't I don't know Rob where that's going to be on the priority list. I don't think it's going to be high. Yeah, I I just don't because a to to get someone like that you got to make a trade. Well, the Oilers are, just aren't deep. They, they I mean they don't have a lot of depth to move. Not uh, so I don't think that's something that's going to be high on his agenda. I mean if something throws someone throws themselves say all right here this is what we want we want, we could really use something that you have that you don't want to don't mind giving up. But yeah, I don't see it. I think Montoya, because he has term left on his contract, and you got Brissois, I don't know what they're going to do with Brissois, but I think Montoya will be the backup here starting next year. 780-496-0063. We also have Dave on the line. Hey, Dave. Hey, uh, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to kind of make a, a comment uh, in regards to Kara uh, uh, just stepping up like he did on uh, behalf of Zach Cassian. I hope the guy that benefits the most out of that out of reflection is Zach Cassian uh, himself. You know, I mean, good for uh, Juju Kara. Uh, like, you know, right now, sending the message, uh, you're not going to take liberties, you know, with our team. And I just think back to a couple of days ago, or a couple of games ago, you know, of course, when uh, 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 McDavid and uh, Hopkins were getting kind of pushed around and cheap-shotted and take one in the mush, and Cassian was the other guy on the ice. And uh, he didn't really hold anybody, uh, you know, accountable to that. So, um, you know, really it's just a comment that I that I hope that, you know, uh, like I think Cassian's kind of forgetting his role a little bit. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I think Cassian... Yeah, short answer. We've talked about this. He he has not had the impact he had last year in a lot of ways. I don't know if he's forgotten his role, but he hasn't been able to effectively execute it as much, Rob. No, you're right. And it, it, I mean, when you're playing on the fourth line, it shouldn't really be hard to know what your role is. Um, obviously, if you're playing on the first line with Connor, you're playing with Leon, uh, then your role changes a little bit. But third and fourth liners, they, they have... 
you know, it, it's pretty much spelled out what we need you for. And I think with Cassian, uh, he knew what made him successful last year, what got him the new contract. And we, there was a stat not too long ago that he only had, was it one block shot or two block shots on the season. This is the guy that penalty kills. And you wonder why the penalty killing struggled early in the season. I mean, that's a huge part of penalty killing is getting in shooting lanes. So, yeah, it has not been a, a strong season for Cassian. I think that if they were to go back and, you know, put a check mark beside players that lived up to their potential, exceeded their potential, or this year uh, underperformed, I think Cassian would be in the underperformed. He hasn't been as impactful in games uh, throughout the season. He can go back and maybe there's a handful at most that at the end of the night, he said, you know what, Cassian did exactly what we needed tonight. Let's go back to Sunrise one more time. The winning goaltender today with 40 saves, Cam Talbot. Better hockey in the last you know, four or five games here. What's, what's different have you noticed from your angle? Uh, honestly, I can't really pinpoint one thing. We're playing good as a group. We got a bunch of lines going with some chemistry right now, and uh, I think we're we're committed to defense. You see a lot of guys coming back hard and, and taking away those odd man rushes, and this is a team that you can't give them those odd man rushes. So we did a good job tonight, um, took care of the middle of the ice, and uh, flared out from there. So I think that was a big part of it. Connor was saying that you guys are sort of feeding vicariously off the other team's urgency. Like, you know, if it's a big game for them, it becomes a big game for you as well. Is that kind of helpful? Yeah, that's always helpful. I mean, uh, anytime it, it means lots of them you want to come in and and uh play your best and not make it easy uh easy road for them so um we've been, like i said we've been playing some good hockey as of late and uh, we need to keep it going for the last 11 games here at what point did you realize you weren't going to win that race for the uh... <laughs> about halfway out there the puck seemed to die and uh you know i just m- misread the uh the speed of the puck and Vitrano was uh, pretty quick on that one so uh yeah about halfway out there just hoping maybe he tried to poke it through me so um when he made the move around me it's just pure desperation but uh yeah, just didn't have didn't have the wheels. What are you thinking, like spread out or something like? That? Yeah, I just take away as much of the ice as I could, and he pulled it to the side pretty quick. But yeah, I knew about halfway. I was just, uh, like I said, just going out there, and if I stop now, I'm screwed anyway. So <laughs> may as well just keep going. Forty saves for Talbot, three points for McDavid. First goal, first assist as an Oiler for Ty Ratty. They beat the Florida Panthers 4-2. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Back with you tomorrow, 1.30 face-off show, game at 3, Oilers at Lightning. Get more on 630Ched.com. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday.